Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Earlier today, CNN was reporting that Russia was scrambling to prevent financial meltdown as its economy is being slammed by a broadside of crushing Western sanctions that were imposed over the weekend in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, It was also reported that President Putin was uh, planning to hold crisis talks with his top advisors after the ruble crashed uh, to a record low against the U.S. dollar. Uh, The Russian central bank more than doubled interest rates to 20 percent, and the Moscow Stock Exchange was shuttered for the day. Uh, There's much more going on here, but I want to get a better sense from somebody who knows a lot more about economics than I do, and uh, that is Chad Garcia, Vice President and Lead Portfolio Manager for Ave Maria Funds. Uh, And uh, Chad, good to have you with me. Thanks. Nice to be with you, Al. Let's take a look at this. Um, how, How significant a threat are the U.S. sanctions? And then as the Europeans uh, have been loading more sanctions on there. I mean, is, is this the kind of thing that actually can bring a, a, a nation uh, to change its mind on questions of war and peace? Well, one would hope so. I mean, it's not just sanctions from the U.S. It's sanctions from, from Europe mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, these are significant sanctions. Okay. I mean, if you're starting – I mean, to start with, there's asset freezes for Putin – and his top officials in the Russian government. Do, do we actually and know where their assets are, though? A lot of them we do. Yeah, okay. And, and task force have been set up to, to search for, mm-hmm. for more hidden assets. Yeah. But, I mean, one, one of the oligarchs owns uh, a Premier League football team in England. Uh, one oligarch was complaining that he might not be able to go to his Lake Como Estate. Wow. Yeah. The the oligarchs have a lot of assets, you know, throughout Europe, throughout the world. So a lot of assets are known. Um, The the U.S. imposed sanctions on the oligarchs in 2014. Um, The oligarchs gave a lot of their wealth to their family members to skirt those rules, and and uh, we learned from that. And this round of sanctions targets the families of the oligarchs as well. Very good. Yeah. Um, the EU has implemented sanctions on the entire Russian parliament. In the past, the U.S. has only done the head of the parliament, but mm-hmm. the EU has taken a step forward and, and uh, sanctioned the assets <laughs> of the entire parliament. Wow. Um, the U.S. and the EU also sanctions the government officials of Belarus who are assisting Russia in the, in the invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more notably is that the Russian Central Bank itself is being targeted, and and this is an effort to keep Russia from deploying its its international reserves or um, its gold. I think yeah. Russia has about 22% of the of the world's gold reserves. Um, that is 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 going to keep them from. Uh, Having a, a strong economy and yeah. and uh, be able to finance their their war efforts, um, and then ad- additionally, several of the Russian banks are being cut off from the SWIFT financial system. So yeah, could SWIFT you describe what is, that is? Yeah, it's 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 a way for the banks to to um, provide money to one another. So imagine if 
if in the United States, if you're a consumer, if the Visa or MasterCard systems were cut off, mm-hmm. you'd have to take cash to a to a store to make transactions. Yep. Okay. So these banks, if they're going to deal with uh, with a with a non-Russian bank, are going to ha- are going to have to you know, take cash to them, which is not going to happen. So they mm-hmm. are the pariah of the international finance com- uh, community, and and that may cause bank failures in Russia. We saw lines of of Russians at ATMs, empty ATMs out over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, because they're concerned. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. um, wanted to ask you, too, about the uh, Russian Central Bank more than doubled interest rates to 20%. I mean, that sounds pretty severe. What are they trying to accomplish by uh, upping interest rates? Well, they're trying to attract investor capital. I mean, they're trying to keep the ruble from falling too much. The, the ruble f- fell 26% against the dollar to yeah. a, a record low. Yeah. And so, you know, a central bank paying higher interest rates, they do that to, in an effort to attract capital. Gotcha. However, mm-hmm. the Russian people um, tend to be very heavily indebted. So, again, to take it back to the, the U.S., you know, a lot of you know, people have credit cards in the U.S. Credit cards are tied to the Fed's fund rate. Um, imagine if if your interest rates you know, doubled. Yeah. Essentially that's what that's what happened. So that this is gonna get very unpleasant for you know not just the oligarchs and the and the ruling class in Russia, but also the the average person. Now uh so you you've got the the, the ruple drops twenty six percent as you point out. You've got runs on Russian banks uh, that we're hearing about. The stock market is shut down. Why why does one shut down a stock market? What's the Obviously, you want to keep activity from happening. Is that what? What are they afraid of? Well, I think they're afraid of the market crashing. Yeah. Okay. So that's one and way. Then, a, and then they could be afraid of the Russian, you know, Russian citizens selling off their assets to yeah. you know non-Russians. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what? You know, because the economy global economy is so interdependent what are what would be some likely unintended consequences from uh these economic sanctions on russia how might it hurt us well we don't have that much trade with russia relative to you know our larger chaining partners europe and canada and and mexico mm-hmm. but um in mean, europe is is highly dependent upon Russian energy, and so you know Europe, Europe may feel some pain, and and you know if if energy prices are going to go up in Europe, they may go up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, gas prices may go up everywhere. Europe will feel more of, a, of the brunt because their electrical system is is powered by a large amount of of Russian natural gas, and you know, we we that won't hurt us because we have we have our own. Uh, supply of natural gas and aren't dependent upon Russia. I think longer term, if Europe is smart, they will they will uh, take moves to be you know less dependent upon yeah. Russian gas, which would include um, you know maybe bringing nuclear back. They've been decommissioning nuclear plants mm-hmm. that hasn't worked out well for them. But uh, the the U.S. has ample amounts of natural gas. I think it would take a few years for us to build up our infrastructure in order to, to to start shipping natural gas in in large amounts to Europe, but it certainly could be done in the next few years. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that would really cripple the uh, Russian economy. Well, and, hopefully, um, this, hopefully this this uh, this this conflict doesn't last doesn't last that long. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> is there the chance that uh, Russia will find itself being driven into the arms of China? I think that was a risk. Uh, I think that was probably a, a, the consensus thought last week that that um, sanctions could drive Russia into the into the arms of China. But then, and the, and the, and frankly, that the Ukraine um, invasion could be could could highlight you know the Russia the, the the Chinese potentially going after Taiwan, which I think would be a bigger issue for the world. But after seeing the Western world's response, I mean this this unified. The Western yeah. world, and and seeing the the, the harsh uh, sanctions that are being imposed upon Russia. Now, Russia, you know, they have food and they have energy, and so um, you know they have that going for them. If you look at China, China is a net importer of both food and energy, and and uh, you know I th- these types of sanctions, you know, may 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 be a pretty strong deterrent to. To China going after Taiwan, and, mm-hmm. and frankly, with when when Putin put his nuclear um, ar- his nuclear arms on 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 notice, yeah, um, I don't think I don't think China might want, you know wants to be tied too closely to this guy. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, so this we will see. It's serious. I mean, Putin last week talked about you know uh, we don't want people to interfere. They should remember that we are a strong nuclear nation. Nobody has waved that <laughs> the nuclear uh, <clears throat> flag like that. Even during the Cold War, it was always understood, of course, that you had mutually assured destruction. So the nuclear threat was always in the background. But nobody ever jumped out in front and started waving it as as an explicit and Im- as an explicit and imminent threat. It was shocking to hear uh, that threat on his words last on his tongue last week. I, I was just amazed. Uh, yeah, I was I was shocked as well, and, and you know, if there's one thing that the, the markets don't like, is they yeah. don't like um, they don't like uncertainty. Right. Um, that being said, uh, I I watched the announcement um, of Russia going into the Ukraine, you know, late Wednesday night. Um, I stayed up late watching the watching the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think the stock market would close up on Thursday, and it. Closed up pretty strong. I mean, my the Avi Maria Focus Fund, I believe, was up 3.2 percent that day alone. Which wow. I don't know if that's its biggest movement, you know, daily movement in its history, but it's got to be among the top five. That's yeah, a big move. Yeah, and, that, and so, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, for investors, uh, what ought they be keeping in mind? Because we are in a volatile uh, period here. So, tell us. Well, I think it, I, yes, I think the markets are going to be volatile. You know, and. and until there's you know, more of a certain outcome with respect to the conflict, um, but if you're a long-term investor, I mean, it's, I heard the saying a couple of weeks ago: the only people that get hurt riding a roller coaster are the ones who try to jump off. I, mean, <laughs> I love that. I love that image. Yeah. I, I mean, t- t- today the, the, the S&P is down right now one and a half percent, but it was it was green. Um, at some parts today, I mean, it was it was up, yeah, and 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 so, it you know while the, while I think the market's going to get volatile, doesn't mean that you know, in the long run it's going to be there's going to be a bad outcome. So it's, I think it would be would be foolish trying to 
predict, you know, what it's going to do in, on any given day and mm-hmm. try to get in and, and right. get out. Chad, how can people uh, get in touch with you and learn more about the Ave Maria Focus Fund or the any of the Ave Maria Mutual Funds? They can call us at 866-AVE-MARIA or reach us on the Internet at AveMariaFunds.com. AveMariaFunds.com or 866-AVE-MARIA. Chad, thanks so much. Great talking with Happy you again. Day. Okay. Chad Garcia is Vice President of Schwartz Investment Council, Inc., and Lead Portfolio Manager of the Ave Maria Focus Fund and also Co-Portfolio Manager of the Ave Maria Growth Fund. Ave Maria Funds, uh, one of our sponsors here on Crest in the Afternoon. They've been so for years, and we really love to be able to you know, rely on their knowledge when we have public affairs stories like this.